You're listening to Pivot Points with Kristen Quinn on the Stream Grace Network. Kristen Quillen. Welcome to Pivot Points, where we talk about inspiring, encouraging stories that help you pivot in life and stand up where, from where you are and walk boldly. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast, special because um, she birthed me. It's my mother, Jan Jones. And she and I are just going to chat it up today um, about parenting and how it's it's how it is today, how it's... Um, evolving honestly and the changes from when you know she parented me versus me parenting my kids and and you know even from when she was growing up and and you know hopefully you mamas out there can um listen in and know that you know what you're not alone uh we all every day I, you know i saw a meme or a a reel so on instagram they're called reels r e e l and it's like a little video and and you know it's it goes to a song and i saw one where there's a lot of moms out there doing one, and, and it's kind of like, hey, are we supposed to know what we're doing? Okay, thanks. Just wondering. You know, that's kind of the concept of we all sometimes feel like I have no idea what I am doing. I just, you know, if my kid needs therapy someday, they do. So not that therapy is a bad thing. I'm a proponent of let's chat, chat about it. Let's talk it out. Let's, you know, work through it. Um you know, I, I always say what you don't repair, you repeat. So I'm all about, well, okay. So maybe not with myself. I'm working on that, but, um, I'm all about get in there and repair what's, what feels broken. So you don't keep repeating it and just, you know, hurting yourself and others. But anyway, let me introduce my mom, Jan Jones. Mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, mom, uh, tell everybody a little bit about you. What what you've done is your career, and you're you're now retired. But tell everybody what what you've done. Well, I attended college at OSU to get a degree in education, uh, specializing in special education, and taught special education, uh, learning disabilities, mo- mainly in the middle school age children, and I loved that age. Uh, for 40 years. So I had, I, I absolutely loved it. They're my kids. They're still my kids, even though I'm retired. And I still see and visit with a lot of them today. Yeah. So sometimes you kind of felt like you were raising, you know, a little bit, like, I mean, they spent the majority of their hours of their day with you at school, yes. as do our, yeah. my own kids, teachers, they, they get more hours during the day with them than I do. But um, you felt like you were, you know, raising a lot of kids, huh? Yes, I did. Yeah. A lot of them didn't have the stability of a two-parent home, and they needed that. I I really feel like sometimes I was their mother. Hmm. So they, uh, uh, we were able to just talk about things. They didn't feel scared to come and talk about anything to me, um, and I would give them the time they needed and help work it through it. That's good. So what kind of changes did you see over, I mean, 40 years, I guess I forgot that it was 40 years, your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so over 40 years, you know, what kind of changes, just name a few, what kind of changes did you see in, in 
like kids growing up? Um, I mean, I know there's a, a lot, but what kind of really stood out to you? This is different than it used to be. One major change that I noticed over the years is that the, the lack of respect. Hmm. Um, it went from, I highly respect you and would never talk back to you to, you can't spank me because I'll tell my parents and, or you can't correct me and I'll tell my parents and we'll, we'll get you arrested or we'll call DHS. I mean, they got really to that point before I quit. So that's a really big threat. Mm -hmm. And not that you ever did any spanking, just to clarify. No, <laughs> no, I didn't ever do the spanking, but it got to the point where you couldn't even send them to the, you know, because when I first started teaching, you, you could spank, not the teacher, but the principal could. Mm -hmm. And um, it got to the point where no children could be spanked. Yeah, that's unless the parents had given a written permission that was OK. Yeah, that's a big change. I mean, I certainly don't remember spankings at school. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I am in my 40s, but I, I don't remember that. And I mean, really, you didn't even spank a lot at home. Now, you, you no. got on to us. We, had, we yeah. had things that we had consequences for, but that was sort of dad's job, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you all knew that if I said, I'm going to, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to talk to your dad about this. You knew what was coming. I oh, mean, yeah. there was no question. And yet. I feel like we kept the line of communication open with all three of my kids to where you all felt like you could come to us and talk about anything. Yeah, I'm sure sometimes there were days where I wanted to talk about things and you and your mind were rolling your eyes. They probably seemed like a little <laughs> bit trivial, you know, you know how girls are growing up. And when you're yeah. growing up and you're a girl, um, a lot more bothers you, I think. Maybe not. Maybe I generalize. Maybe I generalize that a little bit. Okay, I did. So, um, oh yeah, girls just you know they want to talk about um, the norm. Uh, you know the general population of girls want to talk about how someone made them feel or someone how didn't someone didn't make them feel or you know they felt left out or you know we're guy we're boys they kind of stuff that in or you know what they may not have even noticed. Yeah. So I noticed with my own kids, I have four kids, two girls, two boys, and, you know, they're all so different, but it is definitely different raising girls versus boys. Mm -hmm. um, I can sometimes get my boys into their feelings, one of them at least. The other one still sort of sloughs me off. Um, but one of them, if I, I have to dig, though, I mean, I have to dig and say, how did that make you feel? How are you feeling? What are you upset about? You know, I can see your demeanor is different. Let's talk about it. He tries not to, but I pull it out of him. And, you know, because I tell him, hey, it's not going to get better if we don't address it and we don't talk about yeah. it. Um, and, and, you know, I think probably today, these days, more than when I was even younger, mom, certainly when you were growing up, um, I think it's important to talk. I, I sometimes get told that I talk too much. <laughs> I am on a podcast. We'll just clarify that. But talk too much even to my kids. Like you're saying too much. You're saying too much. But with me, I'm like, no, we, you need to get in there in the nitty gritty of it and talk it out. One, because I am their source for information. Yeah. Two, I should be their source for information. Three, I want to be the source of information. 
I don't want it to be their friends. I don't want it to be, you know, the internet if they can get on there and look things up. I want them to come to me first. I've always told my kids, always, I want to be the source of your information. And if we need to go somewhere else and find additional information, we can, but come to me first. Um, And I think that's important, especially in 2021, because kids have so many outlets to find answers from. I mean, my four-year-old knows that she can say, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa, you know, you can. They just think like the answer comes out of the thin air. And so I think it's important to be like, you know what, I am, I need to be your information source and you need to come to me first and we need to talk that out because I tried to always tell my kids too, when they're growing up, like you can ask your friends their opinions and you can ask them things within a boundaries that are appropriate. They're not always going to be right. Yeah. They're, they're, I know, they're I growing to, up too. I used to always tell them my parents of students that you're your child's advocate, your best advocate. And if you can't be an advocate for your child, no one else will. So speak up for your child when they can't speak up for themselves. Um, listen to them. I'll tell you all, uh, you know, we had a deal about lying. You know, don't don't lie because every time you tell a lie, you got to cover it up with another lie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that or not. Mm-hmm. And we always said, you know, if you are lying to me, you will get in more trouble than if you tell me the truth, even if, even if it's wrong. Yeah, we tell our kids that so, you're going to get more. Yeah. You're going to get in more trouble for that lie than yeah. if you ate the cupcake. That's right. The lie is way worse than the cupcake, yeah. even though I'm a health coach. <laughs> the lie is way worse than the, than the cupcake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, and something else you touched on, um, just your, your relationship, you know, with other parents and how was that? Was that, I mean, I guess probably sometimes that was easy and sometimes that was hard or did the parents, when you were helping your students, did they really want the help? Obviously we all need help. It takes a tribe, but how was that relationship? I never had any parents like buck me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be against me because they knew I was there for their child. Mm-hmm. And if you're genuine and you, you know, show them, not just tell them, but show them that you care for their child and want to do everything you can to possibly help them. You know, they, they're, they're very appreciative. I mean, that's all I ever had. Now, toward the end of my 40 years, um, uh, and, you know, I've been asked if I want to come back and teach now. And I'm like, mm, I really don't want to teach right now. It's so difficult right now. But during the, you know, toward the end of it, I could tell, I mean, the kids were changing. The parents were changing. The parents were not, especially on me, but with, with some other situations were blaming the teacher for everything, whether the teacher did anything or not. And it became a real, I mean, the kids were like, my mom's going to, you know, da, 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 uh, get on to you, you know, and then the mom would come up and defend the child, of course, and without even hearing the other part of the story. So. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're definitely in an era and a season of everyone's easily offended. Yes. 
yeah. kids and, ter- and teachers and everyone involved. Everyone's easily offended. You know, something yeah. we really, really um, hit home with our kids or we drive home with our kids is you will not be in charge and in control of everything, especially if you have children who they want that control. They fight for that control. And a lot of times your your um, arguments or your, your differences between parent and child are because they're fighting for control. Um, and you can recognize that in, in certain kids that they just want the control. But we always try to tell them not everything's in your control. You do have control over your reaction Right. situation how you react you do have control over your own amount of effort that you put into it and you know when you teach them that you only have control over your reaction to it and your effort um they can kind of you know they look at everything differently yeah. hopefully we're teaching them to look at everything differently to where well, they're not always upset too by an outcome because if yeah. you're always upset by an outcome you're going to be upset the majority of your life Yes. And we always stress attitude. You know, you, your attitude is a big part of how you respond to everything. Right. Attitude and effort is really what we say. Yeah. Attitude and effort. So, yeah, I like that. I think too, you know, and, and it takes even constant reminders to myself. A lot of times I have to remind myself, I cannot control that. I cannot change that, but I can control my attitude. And yeah. that's, that's really important. So, yeah. so I heard, you know, what, what are the things too, that you see even the differences of when I was growing up and you're parenting me and now me parenting my kids, you know, what are the, what are some big differences that you see? Um, I don't know that there's that many differences in the way you're parenting mm-hmm. as, as we did. I think you've learned from us. So therefore you, you, um, parent a lot like we did. Um, just some of the things that I see in general, um, parents maybe tolerate more than we would have. Uh, we were probably a little bit more, you know, reel you back in quicker than the parents do now. Um, yeah, whether a, an environment is parent-led or child-led. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, we all have the tendency to slip over into, okay, my kid's controlling this. I need to get back control on top of it because it's yeah. not child-led. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think a big part is just I was recently talking to um, a ministry that they do conferences for dads and daughters. And so one of the girls that's in charge of the curriculum, you know, has boys. And so we were chatting about, you know, just – today's girls and especially teenagers and, and all the things that are thrown at them. And I think from when I, even when I was growing up till to now, to now it is so much more difficult because you have social media and you have, you know, all the platforms that they didn't even exist before. So I might've known if something was going on and I wasn't invited, uh, but I heard about it later because someone was talking about it and they had to kind of purposefully talk about it for me to figure that out. But, you know, now you just know, I mean, it's out there. Everything's out there in pictures and on the social media platforms. So I think wading your way through that sea of one information and to the social aspect of it and the emotional parts of it with your child, um, that can be tricky. You know, I remember... Yeah. When my, when my oldest daughter started to just kind of look at 
social media and her friends started opening up accounts and things like that. And she would, you know, see little get togethers or parties. And we really had to have like a whole education over what is social media? How can you use it properly? How can, you know, if, if you start to feel left out or emotional about something or, you know, how do you sort of, how do you deal with that? How do you, you know, how do you, um, process that and then how do you deal with the emotions of that and kind of sort of I think even me well let's just say even adults probably have to um wade through their emotions of how they feel on social media you know whether things are appropriate or inappropriate or bother them or you know you can get stuck in I've I've told my kids you know don't just scroll on social media don't just get on there and put your finger on the screen and scroll through one, there's nothing beneficial about that. Two, you'll have to deal with all the emotions that are attached to it. And, you know, it's just so so raising them in this time period where there's so many things that I'm sort of walking through at the same time. Because every, every oh, maybe every week something's new on a platform <laughs> or something's new. There's some new feature to social media or an app. And I'm learning it at the same time. So I think parenting can be really tricky to one walk through that and I, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this but I would say it would be probably a good rule of thumb to go through those things yourself if you're going to let your kid have such and such app you need to go through there yourself and see what it is see what yeah. it does see what you know who can see them who they can see all the all the safety features of it um so w- speaking back into what you were saying you know these days parents are maybe a little bit more lax or Maybe people are, um, you know, allowing allowing the boundaries to kind of soften a little. One mm-hmm. because they're tired. One because they're stressed. One because they don't know. They don't know what they are, and they're not taking the time to figure it out. But I think there's all of those factors now that we're dealing with in parenting that weren't there before. They just weren't well, there. And also, uh, I don't know whether you remind your children of this, but I remind myself every day when I look at social media that. A lot of these are, oh, look at our perfect little family and behind the scenes, you know, not, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, um, I had, you know, I've, I've reminded my grandkids that not everything you see on there is actually true. Yeah, so true. don't, you know, don't take it to heart. Right. So, cause they just assume it is right. Right. They, you know, they, they, they assume what they see is just facts. Well, and they also think, oh, my goodness, they get to do all this stuff and they just have this perfect little family and they go everywhere and they spend all this money and blah, 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 blah. And then if you get to know them, it's not always. Mm-hmm. They're roses. normal. They, they have yeah. a normal family behind those yeah. cheesy pictures. <laughs> right. They're they're fighting in the car right before they got out of the car to take that pic. Yep. Yeah. Or, you know, I can remember every Sunday it was a war to get us all ready for church on time. And by the time we got there, I was like this is why we need to be here. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, don't you remember that? Oh yeah. It's inevitable. I mean, the, you know, the enemy attacks families in cars on the way to church on Sunday morning. Like yeah. it's his favorite thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, it, you know, in that there's a good point in there in that you have to know that you're not the only one. You're not the only one walking through the day-to-day battle with a kid. You're not the only one trying to wade your way through social media and its effects on your family and your kids. And, you know, social media 
can be positive. It can't if you seek out the positive accounts, the positive people to follow, the encouragement. You know, you have to be intentional about it. Yeah. That's a big word. You know, I would have to say in parenting, that is probably the biggest. Okay, two big words for me, which I'm always trying to be better about are being intentional because it's hard to not, I mean, you know, it's hard to just get busy and it's easy, I guess, to get busy and do your thing every day and go from thing to thing. And then you realize you stop and you go, whoa, I was not intentional about the last four hours of my life. Nothing about that was intentional. I just let life come, you know, overflow. And then being consistent. Those are, those are two big buzzwords for me as a parent that I find the most challenging is being intentional and being consistent. And I'm still working on that. And, you know, I had, um, I went to a parenting class a while back when the kids were littler. Um, My kids right now are 16 to four. It's joyful. Every day is unique. Um, My girls are on the edges. So I have the four-year-old girl and the 16-year-old girl. So that's another splash of uniqueness in there. Um, But I went to a parenting class and, you know, the, the lady that was leading it, love her really wise and she said you know your kids are like a tree and the deeper you can get those roots to go like way down deep in the ground when life throws winds at them when life throws a storm at them when life you know tries to chop a limb off and chop another limb off and you need those roots to be deep and so you got to figure out what's going to root them and it's it is it's the you know it's the conversations it's the education it's the talking things through, it's the heart talks, it's, you know, letting those roots really go down deep so that when they up above hit stuff in life, those roots are going to hold them strong and they're not going to come up. But yeah. Well, this has been fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go. What were you going to say? I say when I was growing up, you know, we had set hours for everything. I mean, we didn't have the internet. So we spent lots of time outside and I know you've heard those stories about, you know, mom or dad would come to the front door and just whistle. Well, we knew that whistle and we knew it was time to come home and eat supper. And we sat down as a family, every meal that we were home and we were expected to be all around the table at a certain time and, and nothing else interfered. You know, we didn't do athletics, during dinner time, we didn't do, we didn't do anything. So like, you know, where today kids are going just crazy. I mean, like here and here and here and here and here. And sometimes it's like hit and miss getting everybody together. Definitely. So. Definitely. That's something that we've actually just discussed in the last month. My husband and I, that, that we're going to work on, um, is getting back to the table as, as much as possible because, you know, our schedules are silly and it, and you know what people have, um, let the importance of that evening dinner time go. So sports practices will be scheduled during that time. Or even on Sundays, we found that in the last couple of years, our kids will have sports practices on Sundays. And that, that's something that we, um, don't love. And we're really starting to guard is that Sunday, you know, that's, that's family day practices they're having games mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. morning during church time mm-hmm. yeah we never would have done that and we we wouldn't have gone if they did mm-hmm. our that's just my way my parents were they're like nope that's our time for to go to church that's our time to be together no and yeah. if you have you know you just didn't go to the game 
you know, but, some fun things to do are come, you know, get together with your husband and figure out, okay, what are our, what are our non-negotiables? And it's just yeah. making a point to say, we're going to try to do better at this. or We're going to do this so many times a month or where, you know, I even have a family that I know that they have a family motto. And I thought, how fun is that? You know, so when there's something going on, they can come back to, hey, what's our family motto? I really like that. I, I mean, I think Scott and I need to kind of come up with a family motto. It might take us a year just to agree. <laughs> Probably would. But, but you know, a year from now, we may have a family motto. So anyway, well, it was it was definitely fun chatting mom, chatting parenting, chatting differences, you know, all the things that um, are good to focus on and, and good to grow in areas and, and just always learn and change and grow and get better at. So thanks for being a guest today. You are welcome. Yeah. And you guys tune in next time for another encouraging, inspiring story um, to lift you up and help you pivot.